Hi, folks. Welcome to the Wealth on Any Income podcast. This is where we talk about money tips, techniques, attitudes, information, and provide inspiration. I'm your host, Rennie Gabriel. In previous episodes, I spoke about your five-year financial goal, the difference between good debt and bad debt, and how good debt can support you to create wealth. We discussed how to complete a balance sheet and determine your net worth so you know how close you are to complete financial choice. For the income and expense form, when you focus on expenses first, you're rewarded with more income. We discussed how to measure the level of pleasure based on where you spend your money. In the last episode, we spoke about different types of life insurance, trust deeds, real estate, life settlements, and tax-advantaged investing. Today, I'll complete reading the last of the 12th step in the Wealth on Any Income book that deals with creating your prosperous financial future. Today, we'll cover the story of Jack and Jill and take another look at why you should not pay off your debts, like credit cards, before you begin to invest. We will also cover how to avoid investment frauds, fraudulent charities, and conclude the reading of the Wealth on Any Income book. This episode will be about 15 minutes. As I read, I could stumble over some words. I'm not a professional voiceover actor, so please forgive me if that happens. Don't pay your debts first. By now, I would expect you're in the mood and excited to begin setting aside money to create financial freedom or complete financial choice. Besides, you deserve to pay yourself first. Many people who have credit card or short-term debt tell me at this point, as soon as I pay off my debts, I'll start to save and or invest. This is faulty thinking, but it's not your fault. Do you remember when I explained the concept of pay yourself first with the two circles and said to start paying yourself first, even if you have debt to pay off? In the section on becoming a millionaire on $10 per day, I provided a chart that showed the cost of waiting to invest. Now, I'll provide similar information in the form of a story. It seems the most common wisdom from many accountants and financial advisors is to pay off your high interest debts before you start a savings or investment program. On the surface, it might look appropriate, even intelligent, to pay off credit card debt at 14 to 21% instead of putting money aside at 1% to 3% or investing when the return could be unknown. To start with, if your credit is good, you can transfer balances to a low-rate card. If your objective is to create complete financial choice, where work is a choice and not a requirement, Using the common wisdom may not be the best advice to take. See if you agree after I tell you the story of Jack and Jill. After working with people and their money for over 40 years, I've discovered two sets of conflicting views. The first set is short-term versus long-term, and the second is looks good on paper versus human nature. The funny part or or sad part, depending on your personal outlook, is what's good for the short term is a disaster for the long term. And what looks good on paper most often does not fit how human beings act. Let's introduce the characters of our story, Jack and Jill. By the way, there's no relationship to the kids who were in the uh, hill and water drama. Jack and Jill are friends and work for the same company, and they both earn the same amount. Although Jill is the vice president of sales, and Jack is an administrative assistant, this is about the impact of compound earnings, not equal pay for equal work. 
Both Jack and Jill spent money unconsciously for several years before they turned 35. Jack purchased stuff to impress other people, and Jill bought clothing and jewelry she didn't need to fill the emptiness that welled up inside of her. <laughs> they each built up $15,000 of credit card debt at 16% interest. What a coincidence. Jack was making payments of $300 per month, and he calculated his debt would be paid off in seven years. But by adding an additional $125 per month, he could eliminate three years of payments and save himself about $4,500 in interest. He said after he paid off his credit cards in four years, then he would invest the $125 per month. After all, he was paying 16% interest, and if he put his money in a bank at 1% to 3%, or even if he could get 12% in a mutual fund, he was guaranteed a 16% return just by paying off his debt. His CPA said this was the best thing to do, but they were only looking at the short term, not the long term. Jill, the smart one, had watched my Wealth on Any Income video program and decided to pay herself first by putting money in a high-quality mutual fund which had average earnings of 12% annually for several decades. She could have purchased a variable annuity, made direct stock purchases, and paid no commissions, or even contributed to her company's 401k plan. But I want to keep my example simple. Projecting out into the future, if Jill made monthly contributions of $125, or about $4.17 per day, for 28 years, at 12% earnings, by age 63, she would have accumulated $341,400. Jack, on the other hand, delayed his investing for four years until he paid off his credit cards. By age 63, he has $207,000 or $134,000 less than Jill. His waiting four years and saving $4,500 in credit card interest cost him $134,000 in lost earnings over the next 24 years. While Jill's results look good on paper, the difficulty is with human nature. Most people lack the discipline to set aside money on a regular basis. I'm suggesting a difference of only $4.17 per day will create these wonderful results over 24 to 28 years. However, most bank Christmas clubs opened in January are emptied by the end of the summer. Instead, a structure that almost forces people to pay themselves first might be the most important foundation to creating financial freedom. Vehicles like 401k plans, tax sheltered annuities, variable life insurance, or dollar cost averaging into a mutual fund by payroll deduction could be considered as a better approach to reaching your goals than willpower. In 2021 dollars, the difference in cash is enough for Jill to go to Germany, pay for all the travel expenses, purchase a new Mercedes-Benz 500 SL convertible for $92,000, bring it home, and still have money left over. Instead of buying these goodies with the difference, if Jill used the earnings alone, which is more than $16,000 per year, she could take a friend on vacation with her to Hawaii for a full week, twice a year, including airfare, for the rest of her life, 
and have $2,000 spending cash on each trip. If Jill earned only 9% instead of 12%, she'd still have accumulated almost $62,000 more than Jack. If Jill used the earnings from the difference at 9%, it would allow her to go to Europe for two weeks, twice per year, pay for airfare, hotels, tours, and have $600 spending cash on each trip. Please be aware of another assumption upon which I base this story. Only the $125 difference was considered for the calculations. There's no way to know if Jack would add the $300 per month extra to his investments after he pays off his credit cards, three years before Jill pays off her credit cards. Even if he did do this, he would only produce $5,224 more than Jill. But he, but he would have invested $10,800 more to do it. Human nature has shown me 95% of the population won't add the $300 on a consistent monthly basis, even if they say they will. The moral of the story about Jack and Jill can be expressed by the German phrase, habeas achtum tor corpus, which translates to wash your hands before eating. So much for the humor. The point is, don't wait to pay off your debts before you begin to invest. Pay yourself now, or the delay will cost you far more than you'll save. How to guard against investment fraud. Intelligence, education, success in business or a profession does not offer protection against being defrauded. Chances are the more successful you become, the more you will be able to attract a better class of con artists. I started collecting articles in 1983 and have dozens covering all sorts of frauds and swindles. They depict well-dressed, church-going, public and community-involved individuals like Bernie Madoff, as well as gangsters who stole from the people who trusted them. Some of the following information was taken from a Sylvia Porter article dated September 14, 1998. And things have not changed much in the past 23 years. You can avoid being a victim of investment fraud by following these guidelines. Develop a coherent strategy tailored to your own circumstances. The development of realistic investment goals is worth the effort, not only for its own sake, but also because it results in a healthy skepticism that con artists dread. Select investments to fit your goals, your goals. Do not settle for what someone wants to sell you. Even in times of economic uncertainty, solid investment opportunities exist. Choose a professional advisor as carefully as you would select a million-dollar investment. Refer to the questions on how to pick an advisor in a previous section. Keep your guard up. Be aware that there are people who want to live well on your money, and they may look and sound as respectable as anybody else. Have a good defensive strategy. Use other professionals you trust to review investment offerings in which they have expertise. Ask an insurance agent about insurance. Ask a CPA tax questions. Ask a stockbroker about specific stocks. Ask an attorney a legal question. Ask a certified financial planner to help you set financial goals. You wouldn't ask your gardener for medical advice, would you? 
never, ever, and I mean never send money or give your credit card number to a stranger on the basis of a phone call, especially if they say they are from the IRS. Before investing in a new stock offering, read the prospectus, especially if the promoter tells you not to bother. Don't take exaggerated promises at face value. If such great returns are real, why would they share the secret? Do not be hustled by high-pressure tactics. The investment world is not going to run out of good opportunities in the next hour. Beware of hucksters who claim they're doing you a favor because you're a member of a particular organization, church, or group. This is called affinity fraud. Do not assume state or federal regulators can protect you. They are far outnumbered by the scam artists. Go to the website, fbi.gov forward slash scams hyphen safety forward slash fraud forward slash seniors to find out more ways to protect yourself. Other frauds, charities. There are other frauds which to be aware of. In an Ann Landers column reported in the Los Angeles Times on April 19, 1998, charities can be deceptive and misleading too. A company that used to go by the name of Watson & Huey, which was changed to Direct Response Consulting Services, used sweepstakes and telemarketing to raise money supposedly for charities. In some cases, nearly all of the money raised was kept by Watson and Huey. Over the last several decades, the attorney general in many states brought suit against phony charities, probably resulting in their changing their names, but not their practices. The charities have legitimate sounding names as part of the deception. And here's a partial list of the charities to stay away from. American Institute for Cancer Research, which sounds like American Cancer Society. National Children's Cancer Society. Center for Adv Advanced Heart Research. Center for Alternative Cancer Research. United Children's Fund. A Child's Wish, which sounds like Make-A-Wish Foundation. National Cancer Research Institute. And even the United Way. Why? It appears the United Way in Connecticut may be complicit in a hoax involving the Sandy Hook Elementary School shootings. Please Google Sandy Hook United Way and determine this for yourself. To protect yourself, do not give money to a charity with which you are not completely familiar, to a paid solicitation firm, or to a paid solicitor. Read the fine print on their material or ask the caller if they're working for a paid solicitor. You can find out how well charities do at charitynavigator.org and see how well they spend your donations. Conclusion. As I discussed in the beginning of this book, with awareness, tools, and actions, you can create financial prosperity even in a roller coaster economy. You are now aware of how millionaires operate. You've become aware of your beliefs, where they've come from, and your value. 
you've used the tools like the balance sheet and cash flow form to provide awareness of your money. The spending plan register provides awareness on a moment's notice of where your money is going and if you're getting the level of pleasure you're paying for. Using these tools is taking action. Speaking with other people and letting them support you is action at the highest level to produce results. Creating accountability with another person is setting up the action structure to produce results. If you haven't started working on the forms in the back of the book, now is the time to start. Buy the book or email a request for the forms. As you continue on your path to financial abundance, prosperity, and freedom, and complete financial choice, please share what you've learned with others. You'll be glad you did. Congratulations on completing the Wealth on Any Income book. I wish you the best in life and to live the life you love. Your attitude and actions of the past have brought you to where you are today. Your attitude and actions today will create your future. And remember, wealth creation is a team sport, not a solo sport. Here's your opportunity to grow. Send an email to Rennie at wealthonanyincome.com and put all forms in the subject line to get all of the forms I spoke about. Or buy a copy of Wealth on Any Income from my website instead of Amazon because profits from any book purchased from my website are donated to the charity Shelter to Soldier. Just go to wealthonanyincome.com forward slash books. This was the last episode of my reading the Wealth on Any Income book. It will now be converted into an audiobook. If you'd like the audiobook version, please send an email to Rennie at wealthonanyincome.com and put audiobook in the subject line. Listen to the Wealth on Any Income podcast on your favorite platform and please rate, review, and subscribe. Until next week, be prosperous. Bye bye for now.